Welcome to this week's edition of the OmniTalk Fast Five. It is August 23rd, 2019, and we are coming to you live from our podcast studio in the Third House Retail Lab Woo-hoo. in Minneapolis. Woohoo! I just woohoo, girl. You did woohoo. I'll let you two just do your thing <laughs> on that side of the table. As you, as you can tell, I'm joined as always by Ann Muzinga and Carter Jensen. Hi. Hey guys. Hey. And on the phone calling in, we have Neil Thomas. What's going on, everybody? Not much, Neil. How's we got to ask? We got to ask because you're not in studio. How's the car situation? How's the how's the Chevy? Is it coming to the levee anytime soon? No. Or we got. I I hate that reference. Oh my god, what a the dad joke is unbearable. It is pretty much the uh, dad joke of all time, right, Patrick? Yeah, I'm, su- <laughs> I'm supporting local business. Yeah, exactly, Patrick. Supporting local business, little mom and pop repair shop. I think it'll be done by tomorrow. But you know, uh, that's that's part of the downside when you support small businesses. I think, but it's all good. Well, you are Sounds the Don good. McLean of, of retail, so we are glad that you are joining us today. If if it is from Zoom, it's still great to have you because it's been a hell of a week, my friends. It's been a hell of a week here. Lots going on on the third house side of the business. Just want to touch on that quick. Huge partnership this week we announced with Mamava. Yes. And you want to talk about that? Yes. Mamava, for those of you who are not familiar, a woman-owned company out of Vermont, an amazing group of, of women uh, and men who work for that company. and are putting together nursing and lactation pods uh, that you can put pretty much anywhere. And we're so happy to have them in a partner, not only providing uh, nursing and lactation space for moms at Third House, but also uh, moms in the community that can find our pod in the app. Yeah, so we've got a live lactation pod in Third House for anyone that wants to use it, anyone in the community, anyone that's coming in to co-work, trying to set this place up to make it as accessible and amenity filled as possible for those interested. In. And it's beautiful. And it's beautiful, actually. Yeah. And they designed it. It's with our aesthetic. It's pretty cool. You should check it out. There's photos on social media. The other thing that happened this week, holy cow, drop the phone. This week, we were on the front page of the business section in the <laughs> and the back page with photos in the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Hold the phone. Hold. The, yeah, right. Hold. So you said drop the phone, actually. Say, so it was yeah, a well, mix I of thought... drop the mic and hold the phone, <laughs> both <laughs> which are the <laughs> oldest references in history. <laughs> But anyways, you can. It, it's exciting news. I turned the was, rotary. It was super fun to get the paper, which I don't get. I saw it in Starbucks, and uh, <laughs> and you two on the front page of the business section it was really cool. It's an awesome I article. I especially love the the back page photo where it's just total typical photo of like me just angrily pointing at Chris yeah, and in the him, podcast him studio. Like, yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Totally. So they really <laughs> caught us. Pretty funny. They caught us in a true moment. Yeah. But thanks to Kavita Kumar for that article. It's a great write-up of everything we're doing at Third House. And then the last thing I want to say, uh, get, based on the fact that that article is featured today, we made an announcement on email in case you didn't see it to our subscribers and to our loyal listeners. Anyone that tunes in to OmniTalk on a regular basis, there's now a special subscriber and listener discount to our community memberships for Third House. You can save 33% a month. Just use promo code what is it, Ann? Fast Five? Fast Five. Fast Five. Just go online, click the community membership box, enter that promo code, Fast Five, and you're all set. You got a great discount. And uh, we want to make sure that we made that available to you, especially for all of you sticking with us over the past couple of years. All right, you guys ready? Neil, are you ready? Ready. In whatever suburban locale you are. And Carter, you guys are ready? Let's do it. Man, we're ready to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in first here. So ThreadUp, right. the online fashion reseller, uh, announced a new platform called Resale as a Service that offers partnerships in three unique categories. I think these three categories are the most interesting part of the story. 
a loyalty program, an in-store pop-up shop, and an online collaboration. The firm, which has partnered with multiple brick-and-mortar stores, so Macy's and JCPenney being the most recent, has recently raised $100 million to help fund these new ventures, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, they have a pretty high valuation. Ultimately, has gotten this company back in the news, uh, talking about some something that we've talked about a lot in the past, reselling uh, through people like ThreadUp. So um, as you see, there, there's that there's that loyalty program, and then the pop-up shop and the online partnership are easy, easy to define. But what was super fun was to look into um, how they're doing this loyalty program. Um, so the deal is, is that you go into store and right. I may purchase a high dollar item. It's fall here in Minnesota. It's getting a little chilly. Maybe I buy a couple hundred dollars worth of outerwear, whatever that might be. Um, as a as a partnership, uh, they will give me a thread up bag um, and I can go home and throw the things I no longer need in that bag. It's a perfect opportunity to intersect the customer right in that need state. So I accidentally just spent a couple hundred bucks. Maybe it doesn't feel that great. I go home and now I have all these clothes I don't need. I throw them in this thread up bag and I send it back. And instead of just simply consigning those, uh, those, those uh, you know, articles for cash, I get credit back to the store where I originally purchased that, um, that, that item. So uh, it's, it's awesome for the retailer because they're able to get people back into the, uh, to the physical brick and mortar store. It's awesome for the customer because I'm going to get some cash back. And even some retailers are actually adding a little bit of extra money on top of those uh, gift cards is yeah. an added incentive to get people back in. So a fascinating way that uh, ultimately ThreadUp is finding ways to kind of intersect and, and get into the brick and mortar uh, brick and mortar space. So what do you think of this, Carter? Like, are you are you long on this? You kind of middle of the road. What do you think? Well, this? I love it. And one, of, and one of the reasons is like something I talk to like my clients a ton about is like meeting the customer need right moment at the right time. And so ultimately what, what ends up happening is that um, I get home or the customer gets home and all of a sudden you're you're having a solution to a problem that they have exactly in the moment. It is a problem. And that's the fact that I have now extra clothes that I just have uh, you know directly been able to to fix by buying a lot of new things. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately uh, I, I think it's amazing. I think all around it's really cool. The pop-ups in the online collaboration I think is also a really interesting uh, interesting thing. Now how successful they're going to be in like a Macy's or JCPenney's TBD. Uh, I, like I said, though, I'm, I'm really, you know, heavy into this kind of loyalty play that they're able to now integrate in. That's a, it's a really interesting, as you described it, it's really cool. I mean, it's, there's an interesting kind of experience design aspect to the whole thing about this too, where like it all comes together. Like, and if you can make that all come together inside the pop-up shop with that return activity, that's a different angle I hadn't thought about before totally. where you are solving a problem and it's a different need state. You know, prior to that, I was a little bit, I don't know where you were in on this or, but like I, I was kind of like, okay, we're just taking everything down market, and like, mm-hmm. do we really need this? Does this already exist? How many? How 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 strong are the legs over the long haul with this? Curious what your take is. Yeah, I think there's a couple of ways to look at this. On one hand, it, we know that the resale market can be done well. We look at companies like the Real Real who are doing an exceptional job right. at at this, but it requires some expertise in merchandising yep. to make that experience of a, a, a shopping experience that mm-hmm. I want to come back and do time and time again. So that said, I think right. there's there what they're smartly doing, they being thread up is playing a couple different angles to try to bring in revenue from a few different places. I think that Carter's scenario of loyalty program where you know you're you're getting cash back to a place that you are already spending money for again like Carter said recycling old clothes that you're getting rid of now that you purchase these new items could be really compelling. Um, and that could be, a, uh, I think if I'm long on anything in this article, that's, that's what I'd 
double down on. But mm-hmm. um, Macy's and JCPenney's to properly execute my store right now are they are not people I would I would be even. I, I'm a little surprised they're even testing with them. So my question is mm, is why are point. they? If ThreadUp is really making this big push to be relevant, they've got this all this new funding. Are you really gonna? I mean, almost damage your brand by putting it in sinking ships like JC Penney's and Macy's. Yeah, that's a good point. Like you're going the as a service angle tagline. Well, and I yeah ahead, I, yeah Kurt. no I I ultimately that's a really interesting point. I, I ultimately think though like these retailers though are seeing the writing on the wall. They're trying to kind of flip some of their models as right. quickly as possible. They're not only it's have a ton of floor space. Here. They're trying to make rapid transitions, and I think they are seeing the fact that if they're trying to do this independently, they don't have the reach. They don't have the you know really the resources or the strategy in order to make this happen with, in a fast enough way. It's like you know what we we think we need this. We think we're going to test it. We want to do it quickly. Like what's the best way to do that? we're going to, let's say, partner with a company like ThreadUp who's doing it right. Yeah, you're right. It's, and it's a good point because like maybe, you know, maybe the real rubber meets the road when, when it's a non-department store that actually gets into this game. Yeah, um, or just... That might validate a little bit more. Or a ThreadUp store in and of itself. Like That's where I would be going if I was ThreadUp. Like, you have, find the right technology partner to power that experience and now you have a viable concept yeah, that gives people a reason to go to a mall. I just, I, yeah, we've seen so how, how market at Macy's and some other things story, it, yeah, it you know, how that out rolls well. out. And if it were my brand, I would be more cautious, but yeah. And they've tried it. So maybe, you know, it's not, you know, taking off as they would hope. Neil, anything to add on this one? I think it's a clear millennial, non-millennial split. I think it's genius on the part of a uh, thread up. I think they're valued at, plus uh, $600 million as, as a result of their latest funding rounds. For them, if you look at it from like a Silicon Valley startup standpoint, these are just points of distribution, you know, and they partnered with uh, Macy's and, and obviously a few other brick and mortar retailers. The writing's on the wall in terms of uh, resale and reusable and making mm-hmm. apparel more uh, sustainable as an industry as people focus more and more on the environment. So I think, you know, if I'm thread up, basically what I'm doing is, getting as many points of distribution as possible to reach the consumer and then five to 10 years out, you know, I'm probably not partnered with 80% of the brick and mortar that I'm partnered with now, you know, then in the future I have thread up locations which we privately manage. but between now and then, I think this is the bridge. And, you know, unfortunately for these brick and mortar guys, they have no other option except uh, leaning on, on thread up at this point. Yeah. God, I love doing this. This, that was, uh, to me, that was a, just a great conversation. Like I think, and to your, to Neil, I think to you said about the millennials, but I actually think I'm probably long on this. I don't think this comes down on the, on the generational divide at all. I think based on the conversation, um, a hundred million dollars in funding buys you a lot of room to experiment with points of distribution and whether Macy's or JCPenney's works, it may not matter because you actually are going to learn a lot. And over time you can do better. And these guys aren't new, you know, it's not like these guys are a flash in the pan. I can remember first seeing these guys back in 2016, 2017, and they just keep getting better, target. stronger and refining their model. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this isn't like brandless that got the soft bank $200 million investment after six months. These guys have been doing it. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be curious to watch this. All right. Story number two, this one was exciting for me this week. I actually wrote about this in Forbes as well. But Walgreens and Kroger are expanding their combined format store, their test pilot, which they started in Northern Kentucky, to 35 Walgreens locations in Knoxville, Tennessee this fall. The concept incorporates a Walgreens store with Kroger Express and Kroger Pickup. The partnership also features a curated selection of Walgreens' own brand health and beauty products in 17 Kroger locations. I think this is freaking cool. 
I think this is cool. Like, I think it shows you that the grocery store, as we know it today, will change, that it will become a series of pickup locations across the country that work as Carter, as you always talk about, in the moments in people's lives. It doesn't have to be a grocery store as we know it. And word on the street, as I talk to industry insiders about this, they're blown away actually by how well this is working for, for Walgreens and Kroger. And not surprisingly, you know, they're expanding it. So I think it's, I think it's cool. Yeah, a couple I, cool stories right out of the bat. I think it's super, for me. Yeah, I think it's super interesting also where they're testing it, right? You know, yeah. it's, and I think it's really important. We also often talk about the coastal cities, right? We talk mm-hmm. about New York mm-hmm. and LA and, and stuff, and we, we kind of forget about the rest of the country. And I think when we look at, it'd be really interesting to look more into the demographics of people that they're serving within these stores and the alternatives that are out there for that, those types of demographics. Mm-hmm. I think you're seeing in some of these smaller towns, a lot of shopping at some of the New Dollar General locations. You're seeing a lot of shopping at the convenient kind of gas station type things. And if you're able to bring kind of that small form end to play where you have convenience, where you have just enough grocery to get everything you kind of need, nothing immaculate, you know, yep. kind of taking care of the 90% percent of the things. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to be able to win on convenience, win on the location. And also, Chris, you'll be perfectly positioned to start doing those pickup locations. You're you're building a store format that is built for the future. And I think that's exactly what they're able to do here. And to be fair, to not give them too much credit, it's not super far away from corporate headquarters in Cincinnati too. So All right, like, that, you know, that's started fair. in Kentucky and then moving into Tennessee. So it is still relative. So it could be a, con- point, it could be a convenience valid. play yeah. more than maybe a, a for a purposeful demographic it's not play. Not too far from home, yeah. But, but no, but even still, it's it's the angles there. I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be. I'm curious to see how they roll this out. I think this is just the beginning. I think what I want to start seeing is where they're collaborating in other areas. So right now they're sharing resources like the mobile app experience and products that are going to be crossover products, but. Are they going to start using these as shared distribution centers? Like Walgreens has a ton of locations. So what does that mean for Kroger? Like as in the, in the like war against Whole Foods and Amazon, like is this their play where, you know, you don't need much room to make a localized distribution center for these types of products. What happens when the Walgreens footprint moves away from, you know, the walkable shopping area and you now have distribution centers? What do they have, like 9,000 locations yeah. or something across the yep. country? Yep. And so when Kroger gets to put their product in there and then now have a potential distribution center around... what. Are, on the corner, whatever Aiden from Sex in the City says, we're like Walgreens on your corner. It's the most annoying ad I've ever heard in my life. Um, and I can't even John remember Corbett, it. Yeah, John listening. Corbett. But, but now you have a Walgreens or a Kroger on every corner. A ton of people all around the country. Yeah, it's interesting dichotomy too. And I think you bring up a great point. Like look at what CVS has done, mm-hmm. doubling kind of going after the health hubs, totally different angle. Walgreens potentially moving in the angle of convenience, grocery, right times in people's lives. Neil, resident millennial, along with Carter, what's your take? Yeah, I I would echo everything Ann said. I think it's a smart move, defensive move by Walgreens and Kroger. Basically, you've got CVS who launched their Prime-like monthly subscription, you know, with one-to-one delivery on their products, including uh, your, your subscription or your rather your prescriptions. And then you have Amazon. With Whole Foods as well as Amazon Go expanding across the country, so I think this is, you know, both both these guys partner to help each other on their weaknesses, and uh, you know, getting more locations and making themselves more meaningful to their guests, more accessible. I think uh, helps Kroger, who has a big box, Wal- Walgreens, who doesn't have grocery. I think it makes a lot of sense. God, this is like the yes and podcast. Like, let's look at this strategically too. Ew. Like, let's talk about your CVS. Let's say this works. Right? No, yes, yeah. And, you know, you know, it's all about uh, uh, improv here. But like, but like at the end of the day, like 
what is CVS going to do in response to this? Who could they possibly partner with from, from a grocery perspective? Yeah. They're in Target. Target doesn't have the grocery reputation to be able to do this, right? They're already doing their small format store, so there's no incentive for Target. Probably precludes Walmart as a partner, quite frankly, or who mm-hmm. knows, but that'd be an interesting thing. Who else are you going to go to? A bunch of regional grocers? It's pretty know. tough. So it's an interesting move. Yeah. Maybe if all the regional grocers became one co-op of regional grocers, they could who knows? Yeah, which is a lot to pull off. All right, story number three. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, big news out of Minneapolis. Improv ad. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Sorry, Neil. Go, please. It's okay. Up. It's all right. Are you guys done yet? Yes, yes we are. Uh, yes. I'm just joking. Uh, so, big news out of Minneapolis this week Target crushed their Q2. So, the stock was up on. About 20% on Wednesday as Target beat boat revenue and earnings expectations via sales and traffic increases. So Q2 comparable same-store sales were up 3.4%, and the company said 1.5% or nearly 1.5% of that same-store sales growth came due to same-day fulfillment services, such as in-store pickup, drive-up, and ships one-day delivery, or rather same-day delivery service. So pretty happy for our friends over at... Uh, at 1,000 Nicolette. It's pretty amazing. Those are some pretty big numbers. I mean, those comps, that comp, especially what I love about the way Target's reporting this too, they're actually telling you what the digital comp impact is. And so that means over, you know, almost 200 basis points of that comp growth was actually coming from physical stores. When you look at that in comparison to how other stores in the industry are performing or other retailers in the industry are performing... Those are those are some pretty big numbers. What what's you guys? Any other thoughts on this one? What's your take? Did you guys? And I I have to read the report a little bit more in depth. But Neil, maybe you can comment on this a little bit. Did they attribute that growth? And and how did they separate the drive up growth and maybe some of the new kind of express type of features that they have uh, put into play in in multiple markets across the country? Yeah, they didn't break it down by fulfillment type, um, but they attributed about one point five percent. Yeah, to the same day fulfillment services. You know, the Target's been doing store pickup for a long time, drive up, uh, and the same day delivery from shipped are what's, you know, I guess relatively newer. Uh, but digital sales are up 34%, which uh, is obviously a huge, huge number. And I think what will be interesting as we look to the next quarter, Q3, is last year, Q3, Toys R Us basically shut down. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how target sort of comps that headwind because I think that'll be a challenge for all retailers that have business and toys. Yeah. I mean, Neil, like Cornell's quote was specifically talking about Carter Cornell being the CEO of target, obviously um, was talking about how his whole theory is that, you know, people are willing to come in for to stores for pickup if it means they can get things faster. And so they're going to really rely on that as you know, that where they are pushing um, growth. And I guess, my question, though, for this is, is this going to be a one-off thing? Or do you guys think this is something that's going to continue as the next quarters kind of unfold? I think it's hard to say. I think I, the other one thing I do want to add just that, to that question Carter made, I think the other thing they did say in the earnings report that was pretty clear was that the, the profit dynamics of having all of those shipping and fulfillment capabilities come from the foundation of the store are pretty impactful to the right. bottom line. And that to, they see as a huge advantage in the competitive landscape, especially against where Amazon is positioned now. 
um, you know, and being able to do that pretty effectively, probably in the light to the likes of Walmart too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, the, the, the long-term out, like I think Neil's point is, is really strong in terms of like the numbers are going to get harder in the back half of the year. Yeah. Um, but also means it's an area of opportunity to still do better than everybody else. And they seemingly are on a, have a good trajectory going. I think the big, the big thing for me on this is I think Brian Cornell did a really great job. He played the right card at the right time. It wasn't necessarily the popular move. I think in retrospect, um, it was the right move and it's hard to argue with it. I think the question for me just comes down and then we can, you know, head into the next story. I think the question for me just comes down to, and it's hard to know, right? Um, is what else, what other, what other dry powders in the cake? What are the things that we don't know about in terms right. of transformation, true innovation work, true redesign of how the business model works? And, uh, you know, time will tell, but I'd rather be in this position trying to figure that out than some of the other retailers we've covered over the years. Yeah, totally. And we can move on, but bring it to a personal level. Like I hadn't been to a Target store in years and because some of the new express options have been put into place over the last year, all of a sudden now I'm interacting with the brand again, which is which is really interesting. And I wonder, you know, if you start to look further in the numbers, it'd be interesting to see, are they, you know, generating more trips? Are they bringing yeah. in customers who haven't been there in a long time like myself? Are That'd they, be you know, being able to capture new customers? You look at like college students and different things like that. I mean, it's fascinating to kind of predict maybe where some of this growth came from. Um, and I think it'll be fun to kind of see to your point, Chris, what, what's in, what's in the queue, what's on deck. So we'll, we'll Card is see. coming in the store though. Key, oh, I'm not physical maybe retail. I'm not going Just into kidding. the store. The He's pickup, driving up to the store. Let me clear there we go. Right. I haven't had a chance to read through it cover to cover yet, but I will. It just came out yesterday, but I'll, I'll take a peek through the earnings uh, report too. And if there's anything <laughs> that pops in there for next week, we can talk about it's a nice it as beach well. side reading for you. Yeah. You know, I do yeah. like, I do like, Earnings I reports. do like doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> excuse me. All right. Number four. So now going to kind of the what's next or what is truly that innovative idea in physical retail. This comes from the Seattle times. Amazon plans to open another four star location in Seattle. So yes, Amazon has opened their latest four star store in Seattle as they push further into physical retail. The assortment in this location Every, sorry, excuse me. Every product uh, or the assortment in this location averages at least four out of five stars on their reviews and have and has been selected because they are new or trending on the company's retail site. The location also features digital price tags and a trending around Seattle display, which shows off items that have over-indexed locally. I love this. I love that they're doing this. The four-star concept or just the fact that they're expanding it or they're in Seattle or what do you love about it? All of it. Okay. All of it. Why? I take it. Tell me. Calm down. I You're take, gonna have a heart attack. No, I love this. I love this. I'm amped on coffee, and I love this. Here's why I love this. Okay, the first one they did it in New York. Okay, which I've been, which y'all been to so right. many times. Right. And, I, I, and everyone, everyone, honestly, everyone dumps on it. Everyone poo-poo's it. And every time somebody does it, it's one of my first things that I love because I'm like, slow your roll. Here's the thing. It's in New York. It's real. The, the other thing I give them credit for, they did it in the on the other side of the country, which is really hard to manage. Right. So they basically have this concept. They're like, let's just set it out there and see if it works. Now, if the great thing about that methodology is if it works, you know, you have something that's awesome. Chances are it didn't work that well. So they're bringing it closer to home. And so now if you think about how they experiment, they're like, all right, let's see if we can refine it. Let's give this some more legs. And the thing that I, so that's one. The second thing I love about it is they can only go up. Like, no offense to anyone, but it is so bad. What scares me is that it can only get better. Like there's only room to grow. And so I'm excited that they're not saying based on all the feedback and based on what people think that it's done, that they're like, Hey, there's actually still more to learn here and we can give it a little more love, a little more attention and let's see what we can find. 
I, my feedback was almost identical to your first uh, 60% of the, okay. the monta- montage you just went on there. Um, <laughs> because I, so I've walked in there, you know, no less than maybe 10 times with a group of people, right? Yeah. And everyone is, is in there to criticize. There's, right, there's no one that is organically going into that store to say, you know what? I really need a gift of some sort. I'm going to go see right. if I can find it here. And I think they put it on Canal Street or wherever it is. It's on Spring Street, right? Yeah, there? Spring Street. Spring Street. Yeah. Something. Anyways, yeah. it's on Spring Street there. And, and everyone's going challenge. in with the, with the critical eye of like, I'm in marketing or I'm in retail or I'm in branding and I'm going to come in here and see what Amazon thinks they're doing yeah. and think yeah. how bad it is. But no one's going to that next level. I'm not trying to make our heads bigger here. But no one is going to the next level to try to think of like, well, wh- why are they doing this in the first right. place? And I always have to like pump the brakes a little bit right. and realize the point of a store format like this. Mm-hmm. Now I say, imagine how amazing this would be to come into if you had no idea what you were looking for. And Amazon, to, to one of my main things, is looking for ways to figure out how do you enhance discovery through their platform. Right. You never go to amazon.com and simply just browse around so you're not quite sure what to get. And I think that's a really frustrating experience when you're actually trying to do it, like for gifts or things like that. Right. But I think more and more, they, they don't know how they get products in front of you that you don't even know you want. The search functionality is so powerful and so important and so good that that's all we use. And so it's great if we know exactly the phone case we want, but how do they get a phone case in front of us that we didn't even know we needed? And I think that's the growth engine that they're looking for. And if they can do that within physical retail, that's what four star is. And I think it's just, you know, to your point, Chris, yeah, Yeah. they can do better. Totally. But I think, you know, they're figuring out a way to get the best products, the most intriguing products in front of customers that, you know, they might not have ever seen before. So you and I are on the same page. Yeah, I think totally. The other thing that's under the covers of that store in New York is the treasure truck is in the store. And so, and Amazon returns, which is a huge part of it. And Amazon returns. And so the other thing about this is we don't know fully what all the next iterations are because a a store doesn't have to be a permanent fixture in any location. This could be a pop-up concept around the holidays, ultimately, that captures a lot, to your point, captures a lot of discovery, a lot of gift giving, facilitates that very easily. Could be put and dropped into office locations. There's a lot that could be done here in terms of how this works. So yeah, there's so much mileage and I'm so glad to see that they're putting it a little closer to home to fine tune it a little bit better. Yeah, I think my whole point or the first thing I thought of after reading this story, I it's on the headquarters. It's it's behind the spheres right next to headquarters. We saw this happen with Amazon Go. I think that the main behind reason the they're spheres, I love it. But the main reason that they're moving it here is cuz they can walk downstairs, get their Starbucks and then go right over there and do whatever the hell they want in that store. I think that is the reason they're moving it there because that's this is the yeah. first time we're going to see what's really under the covers and what they're really trying to do with Amazon 4 Star. It's funny this could actually be the biggest story of the whole week and there's some good stories in here this week. I love 4 Star. Yeah, I think it's great. It's amazing. <laughs> amazing. All right, and bring us home. Okay. Well, I have a story for you all. Cole's visits are up again because of Amazon returns. And they have just recently expanded Amazon returns to all 1,100 stores um, nationwide. All Kohl's stores are now accepting Amazon returns. Uh, The data advertising firm, this is uh, according to Business Insider, they said that the data advertising firm in market is reporting that Kohl's store visits are up 24%. 24 percent versus the previous three weeks because of the amazon partnership where they accept the e-commerce giants returns Um, i wanted to make particular note of one other piece of data that they reported that of all the visits short visits lasting under five minutes increased the most by roughly 17 percent 
And these micro visits, they're calling them, are likely from shoppers who returned Amazon orders to Kohl's stores and then turned right back around without making any purchases. I have to tell you, have you guys, first of all, has anybody returned an Amazon product at Kohl's? Go. No. No. But I'm lucky enough to work in an office that has pickup daily. Fair. Fair. You have though. Oh, yes, my friends. I have returned product in Kohl's and let me tell you, there is a line out the door of people doing the exact same thing. Are they buying Kohl's things? Absolutely not. So for Kohl's to start like blasting this, saying that this is bringing people to their stores, it is, but the micro visits, people. It's about the micro visits. Nobody's buying stuff from Kohl's because they're using this as a convenience point. And if Amazon decides to do anything else, create more four-star stores where people can drop their stuff off or more drop locations, this is going to be out the door. It's not, it makes no sense for Kohl's. They have to staff these people with individual people. One more point before I end my rant. No, keep going. Kohl's has to staff more people to take Amazon returns and then train those people to go on different devices to return just Amazon returns. At a recent visit to a Kohl's store, they had to employ two more people just to work on Amazon returns the whole day. Their whole day is spent behind that counter and they cannot take the same people that take the Kohl's returns can't take the Amazon returns. I know we got to move forward. I got so many, like I got two no, things quick. No, go for it. Can yeah. you imagine the from a from an infrastructure like technology perspective, can you imagine the Kohl's customer who like has this like beautiful, like probably smartphone app that Amazon's created just to be the most like amazing UX experience ever, you know, like dialed those things are, yeah, right. you know, it's like this whole thing you scan is done. And then you got to go ring up some pants over at the old Kohl's like point of sales. Did you guys do it by item by item when you took them item back? It was a design. Item, right? item. Okay. But here's, yeah. here's a, I'm going to put a little like one positive thing. Kohl's now has an opportunity to try to make those micro visits longer. A, a, they an opportunity they, they might not have had before. Now, so know, does Rite Aid. If we, if correct. We call that, right. But. I'm just saying that you're having people in the store that were never there before. So now potentially there is a chance that you can get them to stay for an extra minute. You're going to have to do a lot to the Kohl's experience to get people to it's, spend. It's not a now. silver bullet. Neil, you covered, you covered this for uh, Army Talks Top Talk. What, I, I'm dying to hear your take on this because I know you, of all of us, you probably looked at this the closest over the last week. What, what are you thinking here? You know, I think if you're Kohl's, right, um, if you were to put, compile a list of retailers that will be here in the next 20 years, Kohl's is probably on the bottom half of that list. Anything, any voodoo you can use at this point to distract Wall Street and maybe Main Street from destroying your stock price and destroying your inability to borrow capital yep. is good, um, which is sort of what Elon Musk does at Tesla, which is a whole different conversation. My point, though, is I probably agree with Anne. I'm sure 80% of those people, and this is just a guess, don't make any purchases. These are people that were never coming to Kohl's before. So it's giving them a, a shooter shot. Maybe converting a few more sales than they had before. If you do look at their comp performance, it was slightly improved to the quarter what, prior. What was that number? Uh, do you remember? I have it in front of me. I think it was they were down something like two point nine percent, and then it moved uh, to like I think it moved to like plus one in the like last six weeks of the month or something like that. It was something something like that. I mean, yep. it's it was down for the quarter, um, but it was a slight improvement from the quarter prior. So Q one to Q two, they saw. A little bit of an improvement. Now, does that actually pay for all? The last part of Q2 as well, right? Yep. Yeah, and then the last part of Q2 had a had a you know large uptick, which I think they said somewhere was you know even positive, which is shocking. Mm -hmm. But um, 
I think, you know, it's, it's hard to kill a retailer, but it's also hard for a retailer to turn around like what we're seeing at JCPenney. So I think you got to give a, 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 you know, what is it called? Like a punter shot and you got to give them a chance. And I think doing anything uh, to try and entice people to buy something is the right move. Uh, to Anne's point, though, I think it's extremely unlikely in 10 years uh, that Amazon is still doing this partnership uh, because they will have more Whole Foods, more Amazon Go, more Four Star, et cetera. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a it'll depend on their footprint. Yeah, but it, for Amazon, it's the same as thread up and joining with all these other retailers. It's data for them. They can figure out where their gaps are, mm-hmm. where they're getting way more returns out of which locations. And that sort of helps them map out their footprint in the future as well. Um, if anything, as long as the experience isn't terrible, it really doesn't hurt Amazon at all, right? Yeah. So, yeah, no, uh, it's, it's really, always going to come back on Kohl's, really, at the end of the day. No, I think you know, I, I got. I'm just going to call baloney on this whole thing. I mean, I just think, I just think, and and it's funny. There's so many articles about how Michelle Gas is the savior of Kohl's, and she's like a genius. I'm taking the contrarian position on this. I just don't get it. Like even the numbers I don't buy, like they're saying that the last part of the second quarter were better, that they went positive. But if you actually look at the numbers, the, the number that they're quoting is in the very low single digits, which means if your business is healthy at all on the digital side, which even if it's not, you, there's some proportion of that that's coming from digital, which means if you extrapolate that out, like we talked about with Target, your store business at Kohl's isn't that much better. You're not gaining traction over year. Maybe it's better than trend, but you're still not getting people more and more to your store every year, year over year. And so like, yeah, is this really having an impact or is this just some smoke and mirrors again? It doesn't make any sense. And based on your experience, Ann, and how you've described it to me and how you just described it there, yeah, you have to wonder. So, and I don't understand competitively how this even holds up because more and more people can do it. And there's going to be more and more locations to do it. So yeah, fine. It's going to work a short term at best. All right, enough of that diatribe. Let's close it on up here. A couple of exciting things housekeeping wise. Uh, we had a chance to go, Ann and I had a chance to visit the latest outdoor story. At Macy's. At Macy's in Ridgedale Mall. Big write up on Forbes. And let me tell you, it didn't hold back any punches on that one. There are some pretty yeah. interesting photos. Send it out an email today. If you haven't seen that, you can always go on Forbes and look at it and the blog. But some really interesting photos of what story actually looks like in real life, especially when you get outside Macy's headquarters. And I, I quite frankly think that's a microcosm for a lot of things that are wrong at Macy's right now. As I said before, as I said before, uh, be sure to be sure to check out Third House. And again, take advantage of the promo code Fast Five for all you OmniTalk subscribers and listeners. As always, please remember to like, review, and subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't left a review, please do so already. We had a bunch of reviews last week and and had a favorite. And you want to read that? Uh, it was from somebody that says we are as innovative as Neil scootering down I-35, <laughs> which is amazing. Thank you. More of those. We love them. Yeah, it seems small, but if you have the chance while you're listening to stop and do that, it really, 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 really does make a huge difference to us. And every difference makes a difference. So we appreciate it. Can't thank you enough for your support. And as always, of course, be careful out there.